Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and today I'm going to be talking about Strange Tales. Uh, I have a series I want to do. I'm going to be trying to do more of these, uh, hopefully as the weeks go forward. And my plan, this might change, but my plan right now is for me to, sort of like I did a few years ago on the blog where I read a story from Strange Tales from the Chinese studio, and I would turn that into an adventure. I've been thinking of reading a story and then talking about it on the podcast and using that as material for a setting, not a setting that I'm going to publish necessarily, just a setting that I'm sort of trying to craft for myself that I'll probably be playing and talking about here. And the idea is, uh, for those who don't know, Strange Tales of Song Ling is a um, uh, Chinese horror sort of fantasy uh, game with really stripped down, simple mechanics. And it's all oriented around Monster of the Week, ghost hunting. But it's kind of built in sort of a Ravenloft style of everything being in a dream realm and sort of uh, in a, you know sort of hellish uh, uh, like uh, afterlife. It, 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 there's a number of ways to approach the game. It can be, you know, I, I lay out in the book like different ways that I used it. And, and so there's sort of like a standard way. You can also use it just by setting it in China and having adventures that take place in China. Uh, but increasingly, the longer that I ran it, the more that I liked using it uh, to, to, to handle uh, things like a total party kill or uh, if a character died and I was thinking of bringing them back in the campaign but wanted them to have kind of like a venture into hell type adventure. So it really became more of an, uh, more of an underworld or an afterlife uh, that characters can adventure in. And I could use it for any system because basically the one of the things about Strange Tales when we designed it was to make the character creation super, super fast. That was that was actually something we timed and something that I really wanted. To, that was like my one of my big goals, make character creation fast. And so uh, whether I'm running Wandering Here's of Ogre Gate or playing another system entirely that's not even related to any of these games, uh, I could take characters from that and then have a player uh, make a sort of uh, a version of them to venture into the afterlife using one of the four paths laid out in Strange Tales. It doesn't even really matter if they have the same abilities. This is just sort of how they would incarnate in that in that realm. And and so what I've been thinking of doing, and I sort of touched on this with um, the Starlit Inkstone, the sandbox adventure that I did, is I'm thinking of creating an actual setting that serves as this uh, afterlife for my campaign. I kind of did it piecemeal when I was when I was running it, so I would, I would do it on a sort of as-needed basis. But now I'm thinking of doing something a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more comprehensive with a little bit more thought put into the foundations. And so the idea here is I will be reading Strange Tales of Songling. I'm using the uh, library of Chinese classics with both Chinese and English in them, uh, and it's got four volumes. So this has a lot, I, I think this is the full collection. I'm not 100% sure, but it's got it's got a lot of stories in here. It's got way more than the Penguin edition. Um, and, I, and, and it's it's uh, it's usually the one that I use because uh, if I need to, I can take a picture of the Chinese and uh, send it to one of my friends who knows Chinese and find out if what something means, that sort of thing. So, so today, I read the first story in the first volume, which I've read before, um, but it's honestly one that I never really... Uh, used a lot for adventure concepts because it doesn't really lend itself to that. It's it's called Candidate for the Post of City God. Now, one thing I noticed was that, you know, just this time around is, well, this is the first story in the book. Um, and again, I'm not 100% sure if this is organized in the way that 
the book is organized in in Chinese. Um, but either way, I'm just going to you know uh, deal with it as it's been presented, and it kind of lays the groundwork for what to expect going forward. I think uh, the story is about uh, a man who is some kind of uh, 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 I think I, I again it's it's translated so that always creates problems. So I'll just say what it says in the translation. It says that he's a local recipient of a government stipend for Bachelor of Letters. So he earned some kind of degree. I'm not sure which degree it was he was supposed to have earned, but he's like a scholar or a scholar official type. And he's, an, he's, he's, he's sick in bed, and he's summoned uh, to be present at an examination. And, and so he goes, and it turns out that he's actually appearing before the god of war and uh, I think two other gods. And he's, in, he's basically in the afterlife. He's supposed to be dying. And he passes the exam, and they tell him that he's eligible for uh, a post. Uh, there's, there's a vacancy to be filled. For, they, need, they need another, basically, another god magistrate in the, uh, in the, in the afterlife. So, um, uh, but he tells them that he has to care for, I think, his mother-in-law or his grandmother. I forget who it is, but somebody who's got about nine years left to live. And they, uh, they show leniency and give him the nine years, and then he's supposed to come back when he dies and he, uh, he, he, you know, then he will assume the post. And so what this does, number one, is it sets down a number of things. Number one, it establishes that the afterlife, and, and this is something that I talked about before and that I've, you know, I noticed before and that I used in the aggregate setting and other settings, but it establishes that the afterlife is very much, and that the non-human realms very much operate in similar ways to the human realms. Um, you know, where you have, you know, they have, they have exams. They have some kind of magistrate system there. It's all. It, it all seems to reflect the earthly structure, and so I think that's useful because if you're trying to do an afterlife setting, that's handy to know. It gives you a roadmap for making something that works, but it also allows you to have room for being creative and doing it in a different way. And there are a number of stories in here that deal with people going to the afterlife and a variety of things happening. And I, I'm sure that as I get to those, that those will give me new ideas for incorporating into the setting. And like I said before, this is also kind of a Ravenlofty setting. And I, and I ha and this is just me right now. I'm just at the phase where I'm, I'm just coming up with the basic ideas. I, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do and how it's going to be done. I know it's going to be similar to the Starlit Inkstone, and what and I know I kind of want it to to pay homage again to like the Ravenloft style, and I want it to be that kind of experience. So what I'm imagining is is uh, is, 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 is some kind of afterlife or some kind of other realm. Maybe it's, 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 it's something like in the Starlit Inkstone where there's a, you know, a scholar or a god who has access to this, this kind of a, an inkstone or power and he's able to create these realms and able to imprison people in these realms. And, uh, you know, and, and again, I don't know exactly where I'm going to go with it. And I might even keep it vague. Again, if it's an homage to Ravenloft, I might not want to spell everything out. Uh, sometimes the more specific you are, the more it diminishes what you're trying to do. Uh, so it might, it might be useful to have some mystery around, well, exactly what is this place, right? Um, but what I do know is it'll be the place that my characters go to when they die. That's for sure. And there might be a variety of reasons for them going there. Um, but there's a line in here where he's taking the exam. And if I remember, I think, I think, uh, I think it was one of those things where... He has to complete a uh, sentence or complete a concept from one of the classics. Uh, but anyways, the, the line was quite apropos, I think, for what I'm trying to do. 
because if anybody who's familiar with Ravenloft, the whole idea there was the world responds to evil and rewards and punishes it and it sort of to imprison and entice it at the same time. And, and, and in that system, you know, they, they sort of clearly lay out that it's the, the seven deadly sins are kind of the, the foundation of what, uh, what constitutes, uh, the grounds for being punished. It's, it basically says that, uh, all but the deadly sin of sloth, I think was the one, I think it was either sloth or gluttony. I'm pretty sure it was sloth. Uh, you know, that, that was there's one sin that it said didn't excite them too much. But otherwise, it's the seven deadly sins. And so here what it says is uh, when a good deed is done with the intent of getting a reward, goodness is not to be rewarded. When an evil deed is done without intent, then evil is not to be punished. And I think that that is very simple and can serve as a good foundation if I want to have some kind of cosmic corrupting or karma mechanic in there because presumably you're in the afterlife to be judged uh presumably this is all a test to see if they'll be reincarnated uh you know who knows and so i i want to have a way of as the like here, here's what i'm thinking this is what i'm thinking will happen is character goes to the afterlife and the more evil they are the more they become a part of this world the more they turn into a monster and start looking like one of the local you know, creatures that enforces the, you know, the will of the magistrates or whatever. Uh, and the, the, the more good they are, the more good that they do, the more they're able to resist those things and, and the greater their chances are of escaping to the next life. So again, it's kind of uh, modeled after that whole Heaven and Hell film by Chang Che, which, um, which I talked about before as well. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, again, it was just, you know, these stories are fairly short. This one, so this one, one side of the page has Chinese, one side has English. So it's really just a three page story. Uh, but I think it's like six pages in the book because of that. Um, and the next story is one of my favorites. It's the corpse, which I, uh, which I, I always like reading that one. So, and that one's about four pages, I think. And so I, uh, you know, so I'll reread that one in the next podcast and I'll talk about any ideas it gives me. And, um, and yeah, so this is the idea. I, I kind of want to get back into exploring strange tales. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, you know, I'm able to stay on top of this and keep doing this. Uh, my plan is I, whenever I make a setting, I always get myself a new binder, uh, to make that setting. And I have like a, a sort of ritual that I go through. So I'm going to go get a binder tonight. I will get some fresh hex paper, uh, you know, fresh note paper and pens and, you know, just, kind of start doing it the old-fashioned way where you just you know uh, you know sort of just start mapping things out except in this case each region will probably be inspired by a story and in this case the region that i'm mapping out isn't an actual place in the setting but conceptual stuff about what the setting is and so that's the purpose that this story is serving and you know and so you know uh, we'll see going forward how quickly I get into actually mapping out these areas. And I'm going to try to make them connected to each other. I don't want it to be pockets. Uh, I want it to be connected lands. Uh, maybe they'd have their own rules and their own magistrate. Like what I'm thinking is each region will have a magistrate. It'll be like kind of like one of the hells. And uh, But I don't know quite how I want to do it because it it could easily get too boring if it's, if it's too formal. And so... Uh, the magistrate might be more of a figurative type thing. I still don't quite know how I'm going to do this. I don't know if I necessarily want them to be an actual magistrate. Or, you know, I don't know. 
Um, and, and a lot of these podcasts is going to be me thinking this out loud. And again, this is not for a setting that I'm going to publish. So I don't want people to get the wrong idea and expect this to come out. This is something that I'm going to be doing for myself. You might see it on the blog if I like what I'm producing. Um, if it's really great, maybe I would publish it one day. But I, I don't want to put that on myself because sometimes when you do that, you, you, you get too uptight about all the details. And I want to have fun doing this. I'm trying to do this so that I'm enjoying running Strange Tales. And, and I feel like if I did it with the intent of publishing it, I'd be way more uptight and concerned about the details and it would be, uh, that enthusiasm wouldn't be as strong. So I want to keep the enthusiasm. Um, and yeah, so, so, you know, uh, again, that's what we'll be doing going forward here. Uh, hopefully I'll have time to run some play tests with this. I don't like making game material that doesn't get play tested in any way. So, um, so my plan, cause again, I should, I should mention that I've, I've been running a lot of different uh, games. I've I, I've been working on something with Righteous Blood with this Blades. I've been finishing up the Lady Eighty Seven thing. That's with the editor, by the way. So that is officially in the editing stage. I am no longer writing that. That is done. Um, I may have to revise, but it's it's in the can. Um, but the the result is I'm I'm sort of uh, I'm sort of rapidly shifting back and forth between Ogre Gate and Righteous Blood, and now back to Strange Tales. And that can be disorienting. Um, you know, with the Righteous Blood Ruthless Blades, uh, luckily I have it set up so that I run one session and then Jeremy runs another. That gives me a good period of time to kind of relax and unwind and focus on other things. And so I just ran my adventure. Uh, we didn't finish it, so next time I'm going to continue running that one. But I'll be working largely off the stuff that I already made, so I don't, I don't necessarily need to do any more prep aside from refreshing my memory on you know what I had. Um, and that's a lot of fun. And that's kind of what got me thinking about Strange Tales again was the, uh, you know, we're doing sort of a supernatural thing with Righteous Blood. And I thought I started thinking about what I want to do with Strange Tales. And the systems are similar enough that, you know, I, I think uh, I thought it would be, you know, stuff that I, I like to get synergy. Like if I'm doing this, some of that might be useful for what I'm doing with the Righteous Blood project. Um, but it'll also help me to, to do stuff for Strange Tales, which I don't know, I, I like Strange Tales a lot. I really want to promote it. And it didn't quite, it, I mean, it got, it, it, it was well received. People seem to like it and it's doing okay, but it just didn't get the, you know, the, the traction that, uh, some of the other stuff did. And I, I like, and I think there were a lot of things going on. Obviously we had to shut down when it came up and that was probably not good for it. Um, but I'd like to give it its due and attention and help promote it because it's the game that I'm probably most proud of. I think that uh, the system is... I really like the system for Strange Tales. For me, it's the perfect system. Um, it's just the exact right balance of simplicity for me. And I, I really like the look and feel and tone of it. I, it just It's exactly what I wanted. Strange Tales is probably the only book that looked exactly like I pictured in my head uh, you know, when I, when I was making it. And that's really hard to do. That doesn't always happen. So, uh, you know, like I said, you know, I mean, most of the books come out good. The art, like, and everybody who's involved does a great job. It's just that it's sometimes hard to, to explain to people what you want and what you're looking for and to get it exactly that way. And this was one where I just, I was able to express it clearly to everybody. And so everybody did exactly everything I was imagining in my head. And that, that's something I'm, you know, I've, I've had to learn over the years to do. And so maybe I'm just getting better at that. Um, but I also feel like Strange Tales was so stark in my head 
that it uh, it was easier to do than with a lot of other projects. So, um, so yeah, so, uh, you know, ideally what I'll be able to do, though, is I'll be able to get a small group together. You know, I have a group that I was running Lady 87 with. I'm still running that campaign, but I might shift to Strange Tales with them, and that might be where I do my uh, adventures. Um, but we're going to see. I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I like to keep up on Ogre Gate. I like to, because, again, one of the things that happens when you, when you have a publishing company, when you design games, is you, you often just end up running your own games all the time because that's what you got to do. And then when you have more than one game, you have to shift between them. And it's it's amazing how quickly you, you lose mastery of those systems. Um, going back to Ogregate, I, had, I, I was seeing things because I, I, I run it periodically and I run it, you know, and, and sometimes I, 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 think, I think I've been playing it pretty consistently for the past two years, either as a GM or as a player. Uh, and before that, it was constant, but, but, uh, but the but returning with a level of intensity uh, this time around that was closer to when I first made it. I w- I was just surprised by some things that I had forgotten about, and also some of my opinions about what we should have done have changed. So, you know, I just had different ideas about oh maybe we should have done it this way, and somebody would like mention a mechanic that was in there. I was like, why is I don't even know why we had that in there. Maybe we don't need that, um, but uh, but it's very disorienting. It's very uh, in a good way. In a good way, it, it kind of keeps you on your toes. Um, but uh, it, it's a it, it, it is it is something where um, the unfortunate downside of that is it's harder to go out and play other games that you want to play. Like I really want to run a Ravenloft campaign right now. I've been dying to do a 2e campaign and i will at some point but it's just been hard to squeeze that in because you know you you can you know you can only run so many games you can only play so many games and um especially in the gm side you have to you have to be excited about what you're doing and you have to um you have to have the time to do it and so uh i i i i i find that i'm uh you know right now uh uh, what I'm hoping is that that itch will be scratched by doing this with the Strange Tales of Songlight, um, and and hopefully down the road I will be able to get a chance to do the the Ravenloft thing. So yeah, so so that's it. Um, I don't know. There's not much else to say here. If you if you want to follow along, I recommend getting the Library of Chinese Classics, uh, Strange Tales. Or sorry, Strange Tales from the and I'll probably mispronounce this because I don't I don't pronounce these words that well. But the Liège. Uh, uh, Liao Jai Studio. So Strange Tales uh, is usually translated as Strange Tales from the Chinese Studio, but the Liao Jai Studio, um, Volume One. Uh, there are four volumes in this one. Let me see who publishes this. Um, is it, is, I don't know if the name of the press is Chinese Classics, Library of Chinese Classics. Um, I have the uh, uh, the the Water Margin uh, uh, box set that they did as well. And this one was published in two thousand seven. Uh, I recommend this one and the Penguin Classics ones. I think between that and this, you get a good balance. This one seems like it's probably a little more accurate. I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know Mandarin, so I have no idea. But the the fact that it includes the Chinese script, I don't know. It just seems like it's uh, it's 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 more for people that are, you know, that that want the the text to met to to match more closely. The Penguin is good because it's really well done prose. I like the translation, just in terms of the, 
how well it's translated into English. Not, I'm not saying for accuracy. I can't speak to that. But I like the prose of that translator. And, and I think that matters because something can be translated accurately and not be interesting or engaging. And the Penguin edition is very engaging. I find that one very easy to read. This one is engaging. It's not quite as engaging as the Penguin version, I find. It's still, it's still engaging, though. Um, and, and it's definitely way more thorough. Uh, this one has way more stories in it than the Penguin one. The Penguin one has like 100, and I think this one has probably closer to 400 or something, whatever the total is. Um, and, and yeah, so again, I'll be going through one story each time. Sometimes I might go through two if I think there's good reason to pair them or even put three together, but normally it'll be one. And, and yeah, we'll see if, uh, if we can't come up with a world doing this. Uh, it should be interesting. You know, maybe it'll suck. Who knows? Maybe it'll be great. That's part of the excitement of these things. Um, you know, you kind of have to give yourself permission to do a good or a bad job, I think. Uh, and you hope it lands well, but you never know. And, uh, and yeah, so... Uh, again, I, I should have done this at the start, but if you if you are interested, Strange Tales, uh, Strange Tales of Songling is available in PDF on Drive Through RPG. It's also available in print on our our website, BedrockGames.net. You can all go also go to the Studio Two page. A lot of people seem to think that we don't have print editions of our games because they're not on the Drive Through page. Uh, that's not the case. Drive Through is not something where if you don't have arrangements uh, with other uh, sellers and things like that and other printers it's 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 easy enough to put it up on drive through i have arrangements that work for me that don't make it uh, a good idea for me to put it up on drive through so that's the basically the bottom line there maybe one day we'll do that but i i right now i have no i it's two reasons number one i like my arrangements with studio two i really it's they i i i i'm if 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 i i have a very laid back approach as a publisher studio two is very laid back it works i don't ever feel uncomfortable working with them and that's kind of how i like to operate but also i don't like the idea of putting all of my eggs in the basket of one platform um you know just like i wouldn't want everything just up on amazon and nowhere else do you know what i mean so um you know so i don't want I don't want to be reliant on drive-through RPG for everything. I like that, you know, that Studio Two is another avenue where people can find us because that allows us to be in bookstores, in in hobby stores, things like that. And um, and and if I need to give something a boost, I can always talk to Studio Two and see what I can do. It's just it's just a better arrangement for me. Um, and and also we don't publish print books that often. I do print every couple of years most of our books are in print except for stuff like the sex of the martial world and those things so um so yeah so you can get that stuff all all online at studio 2 publishing at our website uh you can get the pdf at drive through i i definitely recommend it and if you have it you like it definitely let people know because this is a game that is um that i'm really passionate about i love this game i'm really proud of it and people i talk to the play it like it a lot usually um, and, 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 you know, again, we're, we're fairly small publishers, so we're pretty reliant on, um, on, on word of mouth. So, you know, if you, again, I don't, I'm not saying, you know, if you don't want to talk about it, don't talk about it. I don't want people to feel like they have to be super fans of the game, but if you've ever been like wanting to post about it and didn't go ahead, post about it. It's helpful. I mean, you know, thread posts help, um, reviews help a lot. Blog posts help, uh, YouTube videos help every little bit like that. Like one YouTube video is huge. 
even even if even when a channel only has a small number of followers, it's a really big deal. Like it really helps, especially because when people look up the game, it's one of the first things that they'll see if they're you know the videos often pop right up, or you know if they you know if they if there's a blog post dedicated to it, it's something that's likely to come up. So it's it's really helpful for us. We always appreciate it. Um, and, and again, you don't have to. I don't want people to feel like oh I got to go now go out and review the thing. I don't like I don't like putting that on fans. I don't like people feeling like they they have to help us i guess i just want to let people know that like you can it's not um you know it, it it's not an it, it's it it has an impact so like if you if you're not doing it because you think oh, it's not going to have an impact def, every every single post every single thread every single facebook post youtube video they every one of those helps get people interested in the game and let people become aware of the game because you know there's a lot of people that don't know about strange tales uh, you'd be surprised, um, and also I think there's a lot of misinformation about what the game is about, um, and that might be my fault. I might not be good at communicating these things, but I, I feel like a lot of people don't understand what it actually is. So, uh, so yeah. So again, if you've made it this far, thank you. I've been going on for 25 minutes. This is my first, um, my first solitary uh, podcast in a while. So. Uh, hopefully, you know, I'll be able to do more of these in the coming weeks. Uh, I, I, I miss doing these, so I, I want to force myself to. That's why I'm rambling, too, because I just sort of get into a space where I keep talking. And, uh, and yeah, so I'll, I'll let you go. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be back with another episode on this. And I hope to have more where I'm just, you know, expanding a world and maybe sharing notes with you on the, on the, on the blog page. Uh, and we'll see what happens. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye.